The Wichita Mountains Wildlife Refuge, located in southwestern Oklahoma near Lawton and Medicine Park, is home to bison, longhorns, prairie dogs, and a vanishing iron door. Hello, I'm Sam Saxon. I'm Professor Joff Root, And you're listening to Tales Unveiled, where we explore ghost stories and urban legends. This episode of Tales Unveiled is sponsored by Oki Comics. For another unique exploration of Oklahoma stories in comic book form, check out okiecomics.com. That's O-K-I-E comics.com. For the record, could you tell me your first and last name? Stephen Pemberton. Stephen was referred to us by Gary from Discover Medicine Park. In our search to find someone who knew the trails of the Wichita Mountains Wildlife Refuge, Gary told us that Stephen was the premier hiker, or as he more modestly put it. I'd say I'm probably amongst a handful of experts out there. I've, I've been hiking out there for about 30 years, uh, ever since I was a little kid, and go out there with my dad. and. Uh, Every spare chance I get, uh, I usually head down the interstate and get a little bit of hiking in if I can, yeah. So how would you describe kind of the area to people that aren't familiar with it? So a lot of people are blown away when they hear that the Wichita Mountains are in Oklahoma. If I, if I show people pictures or on Instagram or anything, they think it's Joshua Tree or you know somewhere else. It mm-hmm. has some of the best climbing outside of Yosemite and Joshua Tree and uh, great hiking, uh, especially the refuge. Uh, it has over 60,000 acres. Uh, it's split in half essentially. There's a north half which is restricted to the public, and the south half is where all you can do rock climbing. There's trails, lakes you can kayak in, all kinds of stuff. So it's absolutely beautiful. It's kind of a hidden gem of sorts. I didn't know so many people weren't aware that the Wichita Mountains were down there. Yeah, that's one thing I've been finding as well when I've been talking to people about that park. What are some particular areas of interest? Uh, my favorite area, uh, probably Charon's Garden Wilderness area. It's an area that's on the west side, has some of the, probably the toughest climbing. Uh, you can go out there and of course you can hike without gear, but, or you can go out there and take some ropes and do some uh, good class five climbing. Uh, that's probably my favorite. I mean, like I said, I've been climbing for 30 years out there, but it seems like I always stumble upon something new. Yeah, one time I was out there, I saw people scuba diving there. Really? Yeah. I've actually never seen people scuba dive out there before. That's interesting. Yeah, I think there was more like like a training type thing. Probably they were doing. was. Yeah, maybe law enforcement or something was mm-hmm. out there. Yeah, I've, I've I've I'm a dive master. I mean, I've done a lot of scuba diving, but I've never actually went scuba diving out there. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to hand it over to the professor. We're going to dive deep into some of the more interesting stories that he would put it. Have you heard anything about an iron door? So the, the Iron Door, uh, I guess, I don't know if say theory per se, the story's been going around since I was a kid. I mean, mm-hmm. my dad had the, 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 tre- the, I can't remember the actual name of the book, but there's one that's really thick that covers a lot of the stories of the treasures in Oklahoma and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And uh, I've always heard that people have seen it once, but they go out to find it again and they can't find it. Uh, you hear, you know, you, you look at books and there's maps that'll point to where this it might be in this area and then a different map shows it in a different area and I personally have never come across it you know I've I've always keep my eyes open I pay attention to detail and of course it's always in the back of your mind it'd be cool to stumble upon something like that I personally think it could be on the Fort Sill side if it exists or maybe in the restricted side in the north but regardless most people say they have seen it uh, in the Charon's Garden area I just talked about there's an area called Treasure Lake you got a parking area and then on the other side east of that is Post Oak Lake a lot of sightings seem to be in that area right there, and it date, dates way back, decades ago. People would ride their horses through there and see something shiny, 
stop to check it out and they'd see the iron door and then they'd go tell someone or try to, you know, because this day and age, their social media can take pictures of everything. This is all back in the day. No one's seen it anytime recently, obviously. They said they'd go back and it'd be gone again. So that's, you know, I, I did come across something that was very interesting. I did a hike uh, about a month and a half ago with uh, Randy Hill, who's one of the rangers out there. And then uh, the forestry service, they're measuring a tree that they think could be 600 years old that's out there. And on the way back, I was talking to a gentleman and the iron door came up as it always does. And he told me that there was an Indian legend that some lady, and she was very convincing, told him that it's, you know, it was just, it was an old Indian legend where you'd see it, but then you would see it in a different place. It would pop up. It would follow you essentially to a different location that you would never see it in the same one. And when he said that, it made so much sense. I was like, wow, that actually, it jives with all the other stories back in the day from people that said, well, I saw it once, but I, I you know, I, I can't find it when I go back out again. You know, me, I see something once, I know, I know how to get back to it. I know there's got to be others like me out there that have, you know, you know, the, the memory, the photographic memory like that essentially. But it's something that I haven't stumbled across, but you know, my dad, uh, he says he feels like it's over by Rush Lake. Now my dad's not one to really lie about anything or embellish stories, he has no reason to. And he told me that he thought he came across it by Rush Lake, but didn't think anything of it. You know, the stories have gone on. I've heard everything from it's a, a big door from the side of a train, which let's be honest, I don't know how they'd get that out there. Uh, and I've heard everything down to like an iron safe door, which that makes more sense. Something like that could be out there and hidden by shrubs or brush. Obviously as time goes on, the trees are getting thicker and it could cover a lot of things up that you probably could see decades ago. So, but yeah, mm. everybody seems to have an iron door story for sure. Mm. Uh, do you have any ideas on what you believe the origin is? I, you know, the story seems to make a lot of sense. You know, they, they talked to a lot of people that seem to stem from Jesse, Jesse James and them. And it seems like there was a robbery of sorts. You know, I guess it was down by El Paso. And I guess uh, it, it, there was like a, a convoy of, of donkeys essentially or something and they were carrying gold bars. So they, they grabbed the burlap sacks and in one of the caves, which is only, there, I mean, I've, I've been to almost every single cave that's out there, some documented, some undocumented, a lot of them are mines that they call caves essentially. And that area, the best one I can think of is the Spanish, the Spanish cave in the Spanish Canyon. And clearly it looks like a mine that was dug out, but it is, it looked like a legit cave. But some people were saying that they burned those sacks for warmth and that the gold was just buried essentially you know because they didn't they didn't have any way to cover it up so they buried it but they also had a, and i don't know how they would have carried this i mean you got to think about the, the the details of how they pull something like this off that they had this safe door or train door as some stories say and they found a crevice in a rock and covered it essentially and that's where the gold or the gold had stayed over the years yeah the part about people just carrying around a big old that's, door yeah <laughs> just sounds kind of fishy to me. I agree. That's yeah. There's a lot of things that come up where you're just like, uh, you know, it's like, you know, I want to believe it. It's, I, I do think that there's something that matches that that's out there. They found artifacts that have matched all the other stories. Like if Jesse James had hid gold, you know, they, they found some stuff, I guess, near cement in the Keechee Hills. And then also they found the iron bucket that had the contract done. They found that by Tarbone Mountain out on the north side in the restricted area. Well, what is now restricted. So a lot of the stories all seem, the, the details are coming out. They're finding this stuff and they found it over the years, so. There is definitely something out there. Yeah, agreed. I mean, it just, it just made perfect sense for the mountains. You know, you could see them from so far away for outlaws to find refuge there, essentially, find tons of places. You can go out there, I can take my kids out there and play hide and go seek and never find them. You know, there's tons of places to get lost out there and hide things. I bet there's a lot of stuff that's still out there that hasn't even been discovered yet. What other legends are there out about the Wichita's? So you hear a lot of 
essentially ghost stories about like, let's say uh, the parallel forest. I don't know if that's ever come up uh, from anybody before, but that's a big area where, and it is eerie looking at night when you pass through there. Now you're not allowed to be out there after dark. People still go out there. Uh, it's this day and age, it's kind of a, a hot spot for graffiti. You know, it seems like every day someone's out there spray painting the trees or something. Now I've heard several different reasons why the parallel forest was built. You know, it was just obviously just a big pile of dirt. I heard that they wanted to plant these trees to either slow the dirt down or stop the dirt. And also heard they want to build fence posts with them eventually. Now that one makes more sense to me. Yeah, that's the story I've heard. It yeah. was just pretty much to build houses and fence yeah. posts and just, just labor to have. Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes a lot more sense. And if you can see it, like when I climb Mount Sheridan, you can look over and see the big green patch, you know, and everything's in a perfect line. Well, there's also an arrestra out there, which they use those to, you know, they put a donkey in it and crush up the rock to get the gold fragments out during the gold rush. And I believe the Spanish actually constructed those in the 15 and 1600s. And there's three of them. There's one out by Mount Sheridan, and there's one out by Panther Creek, and then there's also one by the Parallel Forest. Now, as time has gone on, years have gone on, there's like uh, graffiti geared towards like devil worshiping and stuff like that. I don't know if anyone's actually been found dead out there or anything. I think I've heard rumors about it in the past, but I really can't confirm that, to be honest with you. But it's just an eerie place that has an eerie feeling, and people have told ghost stories about seeing stuff out there, hearing things. It's real quiet. If you go out there, uh, even during the day when there's no wind, you know, you hear a branch snap, and it makes you turn around and say, oh, man, what is that, you know? So I can't imagine being out there at night and actually feeling that and you know especially with all the stories that have swirled with stuff like that out there it's it's also known as the haunted forest essentially from a lot of people are there any specific stories about it with ghosts i've mainly had people say they've heard things like wailing or you know there was one person i can't remember the name saw a white figure of sorts there's trails when you go in there you know even the first couple times i did i got lost it's very easy to get lost now obviously if you head in any direction you're going to run into a creek or run into a road or something eventually but even when I took my kids out there, uh, we got going the wrong direction because Wall Mountain sits to the east and then Roosevelt Mountain sits to the west. And they kind of look the same from below. So I thought I was looking at Wall Mountain. I was actually looking at Mount Roosevelt. So I was going the wrong direction. And that's the way it is in the parallel course. There's so many trails. You can get lost very easily and it all looks the same. But uh, the, yeah, the, the people I'd talk to, and it's mostly just people I'd, I'd talk to at the visitor center. I'd go in and talk to some of the workers there, and people would pass through, and I'd say, oh, I've heard about the parallel forest. I heard so-and-so saw this here and, you know, heard this there at night. You know, but like I said, no one's allowed out there at night. So whether they actually experienced that or someone else did, or I think back in the day, people could go out there at night quite a bit. But in the, in the recent years, they've really cut down on that quite a bit. Anything outside of the parallel forest? So I'll go ahead and bring this up. It's... Uh, it was a form, you can probably still Google it, but someone was talking about, and I think I might've been looking up stuff for the parallel forest, just wanting to explore stuff. And uh, when I went out uh, went out there, uh, I did a forum search and, and someone, I don't know if they lived at the base of Mount Sheridan or had a house nearby because the Zelps actually own all that land out there. And they said that they were climbing Mount Sheridan on the north side, which is pretty rugged, a lot of rocks, it's very steep, a lot of trees and stuff, you know, depending on the time of year, it's unpassable. Like right now, the grass would be so tall, you wouldn't even want to try it. But they said that they saw a weird white figure that was like furry, you know, like I guess like a, a Bigfoot of sorts, but like a white version. And I had, that's the first time I'd heard anything like that. And then I was reading a story about the, the Lake Worth monster down uh, in Lake Worth in the Azle area, and it fit the description of that perfectly. And I thought, well, wow, that's the second time I've heard that. That's pretty crazy. But they said they ran into this figure 
uh, towards the top of Mount Sheridan, and then they, they said they just turned around and ran. They took off, essentially. And I guess it was a, uh, a young boy and, like, his grandmother or something. And this grandmother, like I said, I can't remember her name, but in that forum it had her name listed. She swore by this, that she saw this thing. And it, let me tell you, that would stand out in a, in a mountain like that where everything's green and brown. If something was bright white, you'd be able to see it for sure. So, But outside of the parallel forest and, and stuff, that's, that's really about all you know, I'd heard. Now, there were different slaughters that had gone on at different times over, I couldn't tell you exact parts of the refuge, but with the with all the gold mining going on, the Spanish came out first and started gold mining, and they would imprison some of the Indians uh, to help dig their mines out and, and stuff like that. And then over the years, there were just different, uh, I know there was one, there was the cut, Cutthroat Gap Massacre that happened on the northwest side where a lot of people were killed. And something else happened, I believe, near Mears, the same thing. Miners were killed by Indians and stuff. So people relate a lot of ghost stories and such to that, you know, when, when the times during stuff like that when it happened. Yeah, something dramatic like that would certainly leave a lot of energy behind. Exactly, yep. Do you have any other stories around, or just even in general stories you'd like to share? As far as, uh, you know, like paranormal type stuff, I can't, that's that's really all I've heard as far as the Wichita Mountains go. Uh, I've been trying to get out to Devil's Canyon, which is still Wichita Mountains. It's all, it's privately owned all the way around except for one section, which is state land. And there's just a lot of artifacts out there. I don't care about getting the artifacts. I just want to hike it and just, and just live it, you know, feel the energy, I suppose, as you're saying, you know. And I've been working on uh, trying to get access to that for quite a few years, and it's, you know, they don't want people out there because they always catch people digging, trying to find gold or find artifacts like, you know, rifles and arrows and stuff like that. So it may never happen, who knows, but uh, I'd heard some stories about that area, about, you know, same thing, people seeing things and hearing things, old Indian spirits out there from some of the massacres and stuff like that that happened in that region as well. I guess that was one of the main areas where uh, soldiers uh, came into contact with Indians uh, when, you know, because the Fort Sill, the whole reason Fort Sill was there was because of the Indian presence, you know, and I guess that's one of the first places they had uh, one of their battles that essentially was right there at the mouth of Devil's Canyon in the Red River where it comes out, so. But yeah, other than that, I haven't heard a lot of, you know, or any other stories besides those. It seems like the Iron Door and the Parallel Forest are two of the biggest topics for people that come out to the Wichita Mountains. That's the stuff they're really interested in. What about stories about the tower? So the tower at uh, Jed Johnson Lake, uh, that's been another one that's uh, generated a lot of discussion over the years. Uh, if you go out there and see it now, it's missing its top. I guess the top of the tower was actually blown off uh, many years ago during one of our thunderstorms. And I guess it was originally built for observation for forest fires and stuff like that from what I gather. Many years ago, probably have to go a couple decades back, a woman crashed her car into Jed Johnson Lake yeah, and actually passed away from it. And if you talk to people, we've been out to the tower, my kids enjoy going out there, they actually call it the Haunted Tower. Every time we drive by it, they see it and they want to go out there. You can't go inside it, it's boarded up, you know, I mean, people still find a way to go in, of course. Uh, you see there's ropes hanging and stuff like that, you know, it's not something I would try though. But anyway, it's carried an element uh, with it, uh, you know, that, that it is haunted. Uh, people say they go out there in the evening time, or even those that are out there after the dark, and they're not supposed to be. They hear girls screaming, essentially, from the tower. You know, they hear things that are just unexplainable, and it all seems to come from that actual tower that sits there over Jed Johnson Lake. And it's another thing where if you go out there in the evening time when the sun is setting or early in the morning when the sun's rising, it does have an eerie element to it like the Parallel Forest. I'd, I'd say the Parallel Forest and Jed Johnson Tower, probably two of the most 
you know, eeriest places essentially to be at out there in the refuge. So, but that is, yeah, I'd, I'd forgotten about the Jed Johnson Tower. That's a good one for sure. And that, that, that's one that's discussed quite a bit by people. Matter of fact, the visitor center will actually refer to it as the haunted tower at times. I've heard people come in and say, Hey, what's that over by Jed Johnson? Oh, that's the haunted tower, you know, but, and of course the stories morph and change over time, but that's the one I've heard the most. And, and I, I believe I can remember when I was a kid, when that actually happened, when the lady crashed into the lake. Interesting. Does this lady have a name? Not that I can remember off the top of my head, no. We'll do some research. All right. Well, thank you for your time. Yeah, no problem. Thanks a lot, guys. Ho- hopefully I gave you guys some decent information to, to run with. So. Yes, this will make good notes. How about we go check out this parallel forest for ourselves? Absolutely. It was interesting that he gave the origin of the spirit of the tower at the lake as someone who crashed into it. What did you hear differently? There's all kinds of different versions. Uh, I have also read about this woman crashing her car into the lake and thus dying and being trapped in it, which it's interesting that she would be in the tower due to that since the water seems to be what collects spiritual energy so much. Uh, Many people say that it was the woman who jumped from the tower. They say that one of the reasons that it was closed was due to many people committing suicide there. That's not a very tall tower, though. Yeah, you'd think many of those folks would just be injured. But digging into police records, you can find all kinds of things. There was the 1975 murder case in which the victim's possessions were collected by the murderer and he decided to dispose of them in the lake itself. Some people say that that's the connection, that uh, there near the dam where he dropped it, uh, her purse and other belongings have kind of brought her to that area. But once again, that's the lake itself and not the tower. Maybe the tower itself is some kind of conduit or portal. Uh, I did hear a story about uh, the tower collecting animals around it. From time to time, they'll just have congregations, so much like a, uh, a murder of crows gathering together. I can totally see birds gathering in that area because it is the only tall thing in that spot. So of course they'll congregate around it. I was sorry we didn't run across anyone who claimed to see the iron door themselves. Why are you so fascinated with this iron door? Well, it is one of Oklahoma's oldest legends, uh, and it's fascinating on having so many different origins. Is it uh, part of a Spanish mine? Is it outlaws? Is it something else? And of course, which one of those outlaws? But I've been thinking a lot about it lately, after our disappearing entrance into the Chinese tunnels. The tunnel entrance that we encountered was at a construction site which could have very easily gotten moved or destroyed even. Yes, and maybe it's something as simple as that, but maybe there's something supernatural to it too. There's the parallel forest, almost past it. Pretty easy to miss. From the outside, the parallel forest looks like any other wooded area. The entrance can be easy to overlook since there aren't any waypoints or signage. You'll have to rely on Google Maps to find it. I took a few photos with my phone, not only to have some photos, but for the GPS location data should we get lost. After that, the professor and I ventured in. So what do you think of the parallel forest, professor? It feels unnatural. Well, it was engineered to be in a parallel grid like this. 
I suppose it could be as simple as that, but truly it doesn't seem like nature wants that. There's a few places where it has broken up and a few trees have fallen over and it, it feels right. It feels like a nice walk through the woods. But you get into some of the deeper parts where the trees are still all parallel and things are dead and look sickly and it just doesn't seem right. It looks very picturesque to me. Definitely very like a cool place to come take photos for sure. Or have your rituals. I don't know about that. There is a certain energy to it. Well, I'm still getting cell service out here. Oh, and so am I. And I have a voicemail. Alright, well, I think we're done here, so I'm going to go ahead and pack up, alright? Alright, I'll listen to this while we go. As I was just about finished packing, the professor stopped me. Sam, I need you to listen to this. Typically, when the professor wants me to listen to one of his voicemails, it's in regards to some tip he's received. But by the tone of his voice, I could already tell this wasn't the case. Hi, Mr. Root. This is Detective James with OKCPD. I need to visit with you regarding Wendell Harrison. Please call me at your earliest convenience, 405 It is urgent, so call me again at your earliest convenience. This is Detective James with the OKCPD. Tales Unveiled is a production of the Show Starts Now Studios and is produced by Dennis Spielman. The voice of Sam Saxton is Dennis Spielman. The voice of Professor Jeff DeRoot is Jeff Provine. We would like to thank our guest Stephen Pemberton II for sharing their stories with us. This episode also features the vocal talents of Christy Boone as Detective Valerie James. To support this podcast and get bonus content, visit www.talesunveiled.com. This episode's advice comes from Winston Churchill. Nothing in life is so exhilarating as to be shot at without result. Mm-hmm.